Yes, I did. Good morning, everyone. Uh, great to see all of you. Um, thank you so much for coming. We have the honor today of welcoming Evan and Holly Shaw uh, and their little son, Ezra, who is about six months old. Um, I've known Evan since college. Uh, he was my roommate for four years, uh, and Holly was his girlfriend for four years. Uh, and I will never forget the time that I met Holly. I was in my room uh, in college, and I was in bed, and I was eating a hamburger. And Evan walked in and said, let me introduce you to my girlfriend. And I was like, hi. <laughs> uh, and that started a beautiful friendship. Uh, they are the missionaries on the Yakima Reservation. They are working with Sacred Road Ministries. Uh, their work is uh, really important because they are uh, spreading the gospel to the Native American reservations, um, which are often unchurched, um, and they have been working there for uh, how many years? A little over two years, um, but Evan's been going out in the summers for years longer than that. Um, but what they're here to talk to us about is their work with Sacred Roads, um, and especially their work uh, on the Warm Springs Reservation in Oregon, uh, which is the goal for this year. Um, their hope is that they're going to take what they're doing in Yakima uh, and move it down to Warm Springs, and they will be the point people for that. So they're going to talk to us about uh, their work and their ministry and hopefully get us all excited for the Warm Springs mission trip this summer, June 16th to the 25th, which you all remember and signed up for already, right? Uh, so hopefully that will get us all excited. Um, the sign-up is still in the email if you want to, or you can talk to me or Pastor Brett about it. Uh, but uh, to you guys, come on up. Okay. All right, I think it's on. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to stand on that mic? All right. All right. So, yeah, so uh, like Isaac said, uh, my wife and I uh, have been on the Yakima Reservation for two years now um, on full-time staff. Um, we, so, uh, let's see, we moved in October of 2019. Um, so things went a little bit crazy there after after that, not too long, um, but I think we actually got to came out, come out and visit you guys uh, right before that, so um, so that was a good, good thing as well. Um, and yeah, we're excited to share with you more about what's been going on in Yakima and, and in Warm Springs and what we hope to see in the future in Warm Springs as well. So, um, just to give you a bit of an idea of where things are, um, since there's quite a few reservations, um, the two that uh, we have a presence on right now is the Yakima Reservation and the Warm Springs Reservation. And you can see um, the dark colors are, are where the reservations actually are today, and then the lighter colors around them are where uh, the people that now live on those reservations and the tribes that live on those reservations, where they used to uh, inhabit. Um, and so the cultures between the two reservations are very, very similar. Um, they're both Sahaptan kind of cultures. Um, the languages are very similar as well. They're pretty much the same. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so basically moving down from Yakima to Warm Springs, um, there's a lot of things that we're learning in Yakima um, and things that uh, we hope to replicate in Warm Springs um, when we are there a long time. Um, so on the res, and on, this is statistics that are true pretty much across both reservations, um, so everyone is affected by alcoholism in some way, um, whether that's uh, a direct family member who um, has dealt with that or is dealing with that, um, or whether that's something that's in their past as well. Um, and so... So that's something that's very difficult uh, for a lot of the kids that we're working with. Um, and, I mean, the same thing with drug abuse. It's very, very prevalent. Um, and, uh, the, like, you can see the poverty rate's high. The homelessness rate is very high. A lot of the teens and uh, youth that we're working with, they are functionally homeless. Um, so 
And what that means is basically um, they're b- bouncing around between houses a lot. Um, so like maybe they'll be staying with an aunt for a while, um, and then they'll get kicked out of that house for some reason, um, and then they go stay with a grandma or maybe a friend's, uh, you know, someone, a friend that they're staying with. Um, so they're they're moving around a lot. Um, a lot of kids, they're basically carrying everything they have with them in, in a backpack or something like that. Um, so, uh, and actually, just very recently, Chris and Mary Granberry, who, are, Chris is the pastor uh, at the church in Yakima, and they just took in a couple boys who got kicked out of their house. Um, and so that's something that they've done the whole time they've been on the reservation as well, um, is trying to care for people in that way, um, because that's a huge problem. Um, and then school dropout rates, high. Unemployment rates are high. Life expectancy is low. Um, so well, one of the elders that uh, Chris knows really well and that has been involved in the ministry, one of the things he says is basically on the res, if it's something that's bad uh, or generally looked on as bad, we have a lot of it. If it's something that's good, we probably don't have much of it. Um, and so it's definitely not an easy place to live um, or, to, or to grow up. Uh, and one thing we talk about too is generational trauma. Um, so a lot of the things that are going on on the reservations uh, stem from things that have happened in the past um, to their parents or grandparents. Um, and that's the reason there's a lot of broken homes um, and there's a lot of kids that don't have parents looking out for them. Um, so, so yeah, so that's kind of the environment that, uh, that we are surrounded by on the reservation. Um, and so one of the things that we think is extremely important and the most important thing, um, aside from, you know, serving people and uh, helping people physically um, and helping people kind of have opportunities to get out of the cycles that they're in, we think that the gospel is the way to do that. Um, and so well, first what we're about is sharing the gospel. Um, and we think that's the most important thing. Um, and uh, and then uh kind of a step on from that is making disciples. So for a long time, uh, Chris and Mary, they were in that stage of just sharing the gospel pretty much for, for years and years and trying to build relationships with people um, and and start building that trust. But recently, um, they've been able to kind of step into the making disciples uh, portion of it, um, which is really, really neat to see. So we have a lot of uh, young adults now that grew up going to church, going to youth group, going to the kids clubs, um, and now they're kind of starting to move into leadership roles, which is really cool. So Tiana, um, who is our children's ministry director, she grew up in Yakima and uh, you know spent her whole life coming to church um, and is now leading our children's ministry at our church. So uh, and that's something that's amazing to see, God working in her life in that way. Um, and we also have Jirone, who is another similar to that, um, where he is now our maintenance guy at the church um, and is working with us closely. Um, and not he. So basically, anyone who's working for the church, they don't just do their one job role. Um, they're also involved in youth group and discipleship groups and pretty much everything that we do. So Jirone is is setting an example and being a Christian leader for um, the the boys in the discipleship groups um, and, and the youth group. So, so that's been really cool to see that. Um, and... Uh, one more thing that we really want to focus on as we get into into having people from Yakima leading um, is equipping the saints for ministry. So uh, making sure that they're able to be trained, um, and, and that's kind of the step that we're looking for forward to now in Yakima is um, training people um, to be able to share the gospel and uh, do that in an effective way with their own community. Um, and so we've actually had uh, one of our youth, who's now a young adult, went down to 
uh, Indian Bible College in Arizona, and I think just graduated last year. Oh, no, she's graduating. Or no, she's graduating this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and she wants to go into a uh, leader, uh, position of leading youth groups um, on another reservation. So, so yeah. So it's very. It's very amazing to see how God is working, um, and it's taken a long time to get to that point because there's a lot of barriers to break down. Um, there's a lot of, of issues with, um, you know, reservations being very close to, um, well, I mean, to, to white folks um, and just to outside folks um, in general. Um, and so it, it does take a long time to build those relationships, and we, a lot of the way that we do that is through serving people um, and just meeting basic daily needs. Um, so, yeah, do you want to talk about? Yeah, so. Sacred Road's um, about sharing the gospel, making disciples, equipping the saints, but there's also the day-to-day. That's kind of, that's the big picture, but the day-to-day, how do we go about doing that? Um, and the first thing is through church services. So every Sunday, we send out school bus and three or four 15-passenger vans, and we go and pick up all the kids and youth who come to our church. Um, because transportation is a really large issue, um, because a lot of people don't have jobs, they have the money for a vehicle, um, and so we provide transportation to anyone who wants to come, and probably 50% of our church congregation is kids that um, come without a parent or adult, and so um, they're choosing every Sunday morning to wake up and to come to church because it's a place where they feel safe and loved and important, and um, it's really special. Um, I kind of grew up, my parents dragging me to church, um, but to see a lot of the kids just have such a love for the church already at such a young age um, is really, really special. Um, another thing that we do is youth group, and we probably have about 40 to 50 um, youth involved in that. We have our after-school program um, where we help kids with their homework and help them with any skills that they might be struggling with or not able to get the help that they need at school or at home. We do mercy ministry, and that looks like quite a few different things. Um, but in the summer, which is something that you guys will be helping out with, is um, doing work projects around the community. Um, so in Yakima, there's a lot of like fixing up houses, fixing up roofs. In Warm Springs, we do a lot of work out in the community. So um, we do like picking up or mowing their like they have big. Um, Parks that we take care of, um, painting the different um, facilities around the res, um, picking up trash, doing a lot of work um, that other people wouldn't want to do. Um, and we also do food ministry. That is one of the largest things I think that we do um, at church every Sunday and at youth group. We always provide a meal. Um, so we want to make sure that we're meeting people's physical needs and their um, spiritual needs as well. Um, our 412 program is for our um, young adults, um, providing jobs for them. And so, like Evan was talking about, a few of the um, young adults who are now working for our church. And we also have discipleship groups for um, youth who have either decided to commit their life to Christ or um, are interested in that and want to learn more. And we have five or six discipleship groups um, that have five or six kids, or maybe five to eight kids in each. Um, and they're split up guys and girls. And then we also have economic opportunities. Um, so we have uh, the Sacred Road Store, which is a place where people in the community can make jewelry or art. 
and we purchase it from them, and then we sell it online for them. Um, a lot of them don't have a computer or don't really know how they would be able to use it to sell their things, and so we help them be able to do that uh, through the Sacred Road store. Um, we also do Young Life in the schools and host one-week teams, which is, um, we'll get uh, to that a little bit more in a little bit. All right. Um, so yeah. So that's all the stuff that's going on in Yakima right now, um, and has kind of it's taken Chris and Mary how many years? Like eighteen years now that they've been living on the reservation. Um, initially, it was just them and their family, um, and then people slowly started to come on staff with them. Um, and then in two thousand and eight, they started having church services. Um, and then in two thousand and fourteen, they actually got their own building um, in Yakima um, and started having tr- services there. Um, so. So yeah, so it's taken a while to get to that point um, that they're at, and what we hope to see is similar things happen in Warm Springs uh, down the road long term. Um, so right now, all that we do in Warm Springs is just in the summers, um, so we're kind of building connections uh, in the summers, and we actually got invited to go to Warm Springs um, by someone on the tribal council who had, uh, basically, she'd... Uh, had some issues that Chris helped her with um, while she lived in Yakima, um, and then ended up going down to Warm Springs, got elected to tribal council there, and said, we need uh, Sacred Road to come and show the hope and the love that they are showing to the people um, in Yakima. And she is actually a Christian as well. So, um, so yeah, so that was a connection where God opened a door for us um, to be in Warm Springs. And so we have had summer teams in Warm Springs for 13 years now. Um, and so there's a lot of relationships that have been built throughout that time um, and have been continued by people coming summer after summer. Um, and sometimes it's the same people coming back. Sometimes it's new people coming in. Um, but all of those things uh, have helped build those relationships. Um, so now going into looking at moving there full time, uh, we are actually uh, kind of much, much further ahead in the process than Chris and Mary were when they first moved because we have a lot of relationships built already. Um, and we have folks, I mean, we have kids that we've been doing kids clubs in the summer and they, like, they know Bible stories that, you know, that even though they're not going to church on Sundays, they're remembering those Bible stories. They're remembering the truths about those things, you know, that, that God cares about them, that he loves them, that he wants them to be a part of his family, um, and that they just need to trust him for that. Um, and those are simple truths, but truths that they remember summer after summer. Um, so that's something that we're kind of going into that and hoping um, that, you know, we're able to build on those foundations um, and see see the Lord work uh through those things. So, so yeah, one of the passages we always come back to is Isaiah 58. It's a great, uh, great passage to read, um, uh, as a whole, but one of the verses that really has stuck out to me when thinking about, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we moving to the reservation? Um, why are we, um, you know, what, what, what's the reason behind it? Um, and so it says, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. Um, and so, and actually farther on in Isaiah, it goes on to talk about like that we're not the ones able to do that. Um, that it's Jesus well, working through us. That, that that's the only way that we can make that happen um, is if the Holy Spirit is working in us. Um, so, yeah, so that's something that has stuck with me um, when I think about the Warm Springs Reservation um, and uh, the desire to reach out to unreached people on the reservation. Um, so, 
move on. Oh yeah, okay. So um, so there's also a pastor who is a native pastor. He's actually uh, a native Warm Springs, but he doesn't actually live in Warm Springs anymore. Um, he lives off the reservation um, and pastors a church off the reservation. But uh, one of the things that we uh, asked him uh, was, how do you bring hope to a community that has little or no hope? Um, and so he, after thinking for a, uh, quite a while, I think it actually took him a year before he came back with an answer. Um, and that's very typical of, you know, uh, native elders and, and people in those communities is just taking a long time to think about things and really, really putting thought into things. Um, but he came back and he said, one person at a time. Um, and that's the only way to do it. Um, and that's kind of something that we've also taken to heart. Um, and we want to kind of be able to build those relationships one person at a time, um, because that's, how we reach people with the gospel. Um, so and so that's and especially in this community, um, which is, you know, a community that has had issues with trusting people in the past because they've been, you know, had stabbed in the back and and had had things done to them um, that are really terrible uh, in the past. And so trying to get through that. Uh, barrier that's already been thrown up. Uh, a lot of it is just taking that one person at a time. Um, and so, uh, one of the things that we hope to do this year is move a small full-time team to Warm Springs by the end of the year. Um, and so that would be myself and Holly and Ezra. And then uh, there's a man named Tomo who is just finishing up the ordination process. Uh, I think he does his last ordination exams in February. Um, so he is uh, going to end up being called to Warm Springs and ordained to be the pa- uh, a pastor there. Um, so, um, so what we hope to do is plant a church there, and then also see things like uh, youth group and uh, more kids ministry, maybe in the school, um, and a Bible study for adults. Uh, those are things that we all hope to see happen um, shortly after moving to Warm Springs, but. Uh, obviously, we're kind of waiting for uh, God to open doors um, to show us, you know, the direction that he wants us to go in. Um, and so some of those things might happen. Some of those things might look a lot different than we think they will. Um, and there might be completely new opportunities that we aren't even thinking of. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're trusting that God will lead lead us to uh, to relationships and will open doors to where we need to be. Um, and so one of the big things uh, about loving people on the reservation is just sharing um, burdens and joys, um, but a lot of times just being able to walk with them through really hard things because there's a lot of really hard things. There's a lot of uh, funerals on the reservation. Um, there's a lot of uh, just hopelessness because of the situation that people are living in. Um, there's a lot of abuse. So uh, just walking with people through those things and not leaving is actually one of the best ways to build trust um, because they've had a lot of people walk out on them. They've had a lot of people, um, you know, say things and then not follow through. Um, so so that's one thing that, you know, it, it does take a long time and it, it takes a while to build those relationships and trust, but that's something that we're, we're committed to doing um, and we want to be there long term um, for that reason. So... Let's see. All right. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about summer teams specifically and what that looks like and the reason behind why we do those. Um, So uh, the summer teams come in every summer. We usually have either four or five summer team weeks. um, And in Yakima, we'll have around usually, so pre-pandemic, we would have around like 60 uh, people in Yakima and around 30 people in Warm Springs. Um, hmm? Yeah, each week. So, um, and then we would do four or five of those. Um, and so, what that allows us to do um, is reach out to a whole lot more people than we would be able to if it was just us on staff. Um, and so, 
uh, we're able to, you know, roof houses, paint houses, uh, you know, pick up trash, like Holly was saying, uh, just do a lot of things around the community um, that are acts of service, that are serving other people. Um, and we also especially try to focus on, like, elders in the community who can't really do these things on their own, or, like, a si- single moms who are taking care of maybe their kids and someone else's kids. Um, so just doing uh, those acts of, of love to show them that we care about them um, that also then open the door to a lot of questions like why, why are you doing this for me and and uh, one of the stories that Chris likes to tell is a lady that uh, very very early on they uh, painted her house and I think they roofed her house as well um, but uh, she came out at the end of the week and was like why are you doing this for me my own family wouldn't even do this for me um, and so uh, that's kind of stuck with uh, Chris and with the with the folks at Sacred Road. Um, so what we really try to do is treat people like family. Um, and so when you come and you uh, you know interact with folks in the community and serve them uh, and and do work around the reservation, then what you're doing is you're really treating those people like family. Um, and uh, so that's something that uh, really is foundational for us at Sacred Road. Um, and so, uh, and one thing that that does is it allows us to continue to build on those relationships down the road. So folks who, you know, maybe hadn't heard about Sacred Road before, uh, you go there, you serve them, um, they see that you love them, that you care about them, and then maybe they end up coming to church, um, or they end up sending their kids to church, um, so, so it really helps us to build those relationships and allows for gospel conversations down the road, um, and we've seen fruit, fruit from those things. So, uh, so it's really important. Uh, and I know some, some people sometimes think, ah, oh, it's just a short-term missionship. Like, what am I really doing? Like, I only get to see these kids for a week. I only get to, you know, spend a week in the community. Um, but, uh, spe- especially, on these reservations, it's a very community-centered mindset. So when you come in um, as a short-term team, then they see you as the church people. And that's actually what a lot of the kids call us, is the church people. The church people are here. Um, so uh, you are part of a broader church, which is which I think is really cool, because that's the biblical church. Like, it is, it's it's a global church. Um, and uh, you're, you're a part of that, and they see you as a part of that. Um, and so, yeah, so that is something that we think is essential um, for planning a church on a reservation is that they are able to see what the global church looks like and what the broader church looks like. Um, and then also, not only does the Native American church need you and other uh, folks, uh, other churches around America and around the world, um, they also, uh, you and other churches in America, need the Native American church as well because they have a lot of, you know, things that they, they could be, you know, uh, good, good for us to learn as well. Um, there's, there's strengths and weaknesses, and that's what we talk about as well. That there are strengths and weaknesses in in every culture, um, and in every church, there's strengths and weaknesses, um, and we have a lot to learn from each other. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of why we do summer teams, um, so, and what they actually look like uh, is uh, a week long team. Uh, usually starts on Saturday, and you'll come in. Uh, we'll kind of get you settled, uh, and then uh, you'll spend the night. And on Sunday morning, we'll do a Sunday school. We'll do um, worship with uh, church there, um, and then we will do kind of like an orientation uh, to you know get just. Some cultural awareness, because uh, there's a lot of things that are very different about being on the reservation, even though it's, you know, right in, in America and, and, uh, is close to other 
towns and cities, um, but there's a lot of things that are very, very different uh, about being on a reservation. So we kind of try to get you oriented so there's no things that aren't going to jump out and surprise you. Um, although... We can't do everything, so there probably will be surprises, but we're always, you know, we love when people uh, process that and talk about it and, uh, you know, are really uh, interested in that. So, um, so we do that on Sunday, and then Monday morning we'll start, we'll go out into the community, um, and we'll start doing work projects, um, and we'll do that for the morning and the part of the early afternoon, and then we head to uh, a boys and girls club that is on the reservation, and they allow us to come in and kind of do our own, like, kids club, um, where we're able to play with kids, uh, just love on kids, um, and we end up doing a Bible story, um, and they actually get to be a part of the Bible story, they act in it, and it really helps it stick with them. There's a lot of kids that that's the only gospel that, or, or and, and uh, Bible stories that they get all year is during the summer, um, and... But they remember. So the next summer, they'll come back and be like, hey, remember when I was uh, David and the story of David and Goliath? And, and like, they, they remember what happened. And not only do they remember, like, the actual story, but they remember a lot of the things that we talk about after the story. Like, why does this matter? And they remember um, the foundational truths that I, were talk- that I was talking about earlier. Um, just the simple truths that, you know, that they remember from year to year, which is amazing to me. Um, and it's really evidence that God is working and that the Holy Spirit is working um, and preparing hearts in Warm Springs. Um, so, so yeah, so that's what we do in the afternoon, and then we come back to, uh, we, we leave the res and come back up to a little town just off the res um, in the evenings, and we have dinner, and we'll kind of like debrief sometimes, um, and we're, you know, we'll, we'll uh, spend some time relaxing as well, um, <laughs> and uh then do the do it again the next day. So, and we also uh, try to give you guys some time to explore a little bit too. So, one of the days in the morning, we'll usually give you just the morning to go, you know, take a trip to somewhere close to um, the reservation, and you can. I mean, it's it's a beautiful place uh, around there, so it's good to be able to get to explore a bit. Um, but yeah, and then uh, at the end of the week, then yeah, you, you it'll be Saturday morning. We'll just clean up and uh, and everybody heads home. So that's kind of what a what a week uh, on a short term missions trip in Warm Springs looks like. So just to give you an idea, um, and uh, one of the questions I know we get a lot is like age range, like who, like uh, am I too old or like am I too young? Um, so usually uh, we have thirteen as our cutoff for kids. Um, you have to be at least thirteen, but if you're thirteen, you have to be coming with a uh, parent. Um, that's our only thing for those younger kids. But um, but other than that, the uh, Oh, yeah, 13 or 14. Um, but other than that, the trip is open for everybody. Um, like, we've had uh, Holly's grandma, who was 80, came on a mission trip uh, a couple years ago. We also had, I think the oldest person we've had was an 86-year-old guy um, who came from a church. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, it, no matter your age, no matter your skill level, no matter, you know, uh, who you are, we'll, we'll find a way to get you involved um, and uh, whatever, you know, in, in a capacity that you're able to so uh yeah so that's kind of the basics of what a summer team looks like uh and here's some pictures so this is our some pictures from the kids club um where you get to share time with the kids love the kids um talk to the kids uh about their lives um hear their stories and then also share the gospel with them um when the opportunity presents itself so uh and then oh yeah i thought i had one more picture of work sites but yeah, so that's uh, so that's basically what a summer uh, missions team looks like for us, um, and we did want to leave some time for questions. So, uh, 
Yeah, do we have Isaac, do we have time for questions? Okay. Perfect. All right. Yes. So there are different types of barriers. Um, so some are historical barriers um, in terms of the way that the church has interacted with uh, Native American reservations in the past. Um, so uh, one of the things that happened early on uh, was that Indian boarding schools were um, formed and kids were taken away from their families, uh, often forcibly, um, and made to attend these boarding schools. Um, and those schools were actually run by different denominations, uh, depending on the reservation. So that in their mind, is very connected in terms of the church and uh, the boarding schools. And a lot of bad things happened at the boarding schools. There was a lot of abuse. Um, there was uh, oftentimes, uh, basically what happened was they were trying to um, kill the Indian to save the man, was the saying. Um, and so they were trying to take away their culture. They wouldn't let them speak their language. They, they would cut their hair. Um, so a, a lot of really, really bad things happened at the boarding schools, and those things are connected uh, in in their minds to the church um, for good reason. Um, and so what we have to do is kind of uh, show them a, a lot of times that that's not what uh, the church should look like, um, and that's not what uh, Christians should look like. Um, and so the way we do that is just by starting out with service, uh, with, with serving people, with saying, yeah, we will come and we'll fix your house. We'll come and, you know, we'll take you to the grocery store if you need to go. We'll, we'll mow your lawn, um, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and that is, we've found in Yakima over the years has been the most effective way of kind of trying to break through some of those barriers. Um, other barriers, like Holly was talking about, are just like transportation. So that's one thing where we, we try to get through that by providing transportation and having a bus, a, a school bus and vans that go out. Um, and yeah, so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of intricate things that come up because there's two cultures almost blended. There's poverty culture, which is a culture, honestly, in and of itself, and then there's uh, the traditional uh, Yakima and Warm Springs cultures. Um, so those things often create um, some interesting dynamics that uh, have to be navigated. So. so yeah, so that's some of the some of the barriers that we face on a daily basis. So. Any other questions? Yes. Will the church that you desire to plant in Washington be on the reservation, or isn't the Yakima Church outside the reservation? It is on the reservation. So, um, so basically, in Yakima, um, what happened uh, was that it's a checkerboard reservation. So, some of the land uh, that was supposed to be a part of the reservation is now owned by other folks, um, not by uh, people from the tribe, um, and so. Uh, there's, that's why it's checkerboard. Um, so the church is actually on a piece of land that is just a piece of land that's owned by the county. Um, so, okay. yeah. How about the Warm Springs one? What's your... What's yes. Your... So uh, in Warm Springs, uh, most of the reservation is actually still tribally owned. Um, so uh, what, the, what it would look like for us to be able to have a church on the reservation is either meeting somewhere else, um, which initially in Yakima... Uh, Chris and Mary, when they first started church, were actually, and actually when they first started Bible study before that, um, they were actually invited by one of the elders who is now very close to Chris to meet in the longhouse, which was a huge deal, because, like, that's 
pretty much their, where they traditionally meet. Um, and so to be invited in to teach the gospel um, was a really big deal. Um, and Chris was actually given one of only three keys to the longhouse. He was like, this is, he's like, there's three keys. I'm a white guy from Alabama who just moved here, and I have a key to the longhouse. Like, what in the world is happening? So, um, But yeah, but we're praying and trusting that God will open doors in Warm Springs for maybe something similar to happen. Um, there's also the possibility of renting somewhere on the reservation. Um, you have to give a special permission and stuff. But um, but yeah, we, we hope to have a church that is actually on the reservation. So. Yes, Brett. So we would love to live on the reservation. Again, there's, so we would either have to find a place to rent on the reservation, again, because we, we're not allowed to buy. Um, so, um, and that right now, I mean, I've been kind of looking at options, and that doesn't look super viable, because there's very few places that are even available. Um, and there's people constantly trying to find a place to live. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so ideally we would like to, but if we're not able to, we would like to live kind of just just off the reservation, as close as possible. Um, so, and, and the kind of the heart of the reservation is actually very, very close to the uh, southern edge of it. So, um, the the town of Warm Springs, which is on the reservation, um, is very close to the southern edge, and that's where the majority of people um, live. Um, there, there are smaller communities, kind of, uh, on other places on the reservation, but. Um, yeah, they're not definitely the majority of people live in Warm Springs. So, so yeah, that's another thing that we would love for folks to be praying about um, and for God to, you know, that God will show us where he wants us to be um, and will open the door for us to live um, where we need to be. So, Any other questions? All right, well... Thank you guys so much for having us and for, uh, yeah, we hope to see uh, many of you in the summer and we hope that, you know, we're able to build deeper relationships with you then and uh, that you also get to see what it looks like to serve the community in Warm Springs and, uh, yeah, we're excited for that. So, thank you again. Yes. Do you have one more slide? I do. Oh. I... Wasn't going to show it because our picture was super out of date and I took it, I took it off. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so a lot of question, a lot of times the question is, if I'm not able to come on a summer team, um, how can I get involved? Um, and so there's a lot of ways. Uh, we would love uh, if uh, I'll try to get a paper and a pen and maybe put it on that back table back there, um, and we could do like an email newsletter sign up. So we send out email newsletters every month um, from Sacred Road, and then we kind of have our personal one as well that we'll send out every couple months. Um, And that's just filled with uh, things about what's going on uh, and ways that you can be praying. Um, So that's one huge thing is that there's churches all across the U.S. uh, and actually some in other countries that are praying for Sacred Road and for the communities of Yakima and Warm Springs and just praying that God will continue to work there uh, in amazing ways. So uh, that's something that is a huge thing, is folks praying for us. Yeah, oh yeah. And that's, so, because prayer is so foundational, not only for churches praying from across the country, but also in what we do on a daily basis, um, we actually, during the summer when teams will be there, we'll always have somebody praying uh, at each work site that we're on in the community. Um, And Actually, people in the community see that, um, and they've commented on that many, many times, that their house is not only covered in a new coat of paint, but they, that it's covered in prayer as well. Um, and so, 
So yeah, so prayer is very, very important. Um, and the Yakima and Warm Springs people are also very um, spiritual, just culturally um, and traditionally. So um, so they, so us praying for them is, is, is a really big deal. Um, it's something that they really appreciate and care about. So, um, and then one other way that you can be involved is if you, if you feel called to give, then um, that's something, uh, basically everyone on staff is there uh, on support that is raised. Um, and there's also different uh, programs that the church does, like our, our after-school program, the kids' ministry program, um, our youth group, uh, and then also... We're, we're raising funding to uh, cover costs in Warm Springs as well. So, like, buying 15-passenger van because we know we're going to need to transport people uh, in Warm Springs when we move. Um, so there's, yeah, so there's also that way to be involved uh, in giving. Uh, and then, the, yeah, then also coming. So so that's, that's what we say is please pray, please give, and please come. Uh, come and see what God is doing um, and how you can be involved in that. So, yep. All right. Thank you. Real quick, so if you are interested, if this sounded sounds like something you want to do, uh, there's a sign-up genius that you can get through the email that was sent out this week, or you can come talk to me, or you can come talk to Pastor Brett. Uh, if finances are an issue, we can talk about that as well. Um, but we want to get people to go, uh, and we're also going to be going with some people from um, Tri-Cities OPC, so Kennewick OPC with Pastor Mark Collinridge. Um, some of their people are going to be able to go as well. Uh, so our two churches get to you know, collaborate a little bit on this, which is really cool. Um, so please get excited, and if you'd like to come, talk to me uh, or go to the sign-up online. Uh, thank you, Evan and Holly, so much for your time and for being here. Uh, we'll break for a few minutes and then reconvene for church.